Is this number, what number are we on? Is this number 24? 20, 23 or 24. Let's just say that. Let's just say 23 or 24. Yeah. Welcome to episode either 23 or 24. Having a hard time remembering. We're very professional. We're very, this is a professional podcast. Uh, Welcome back, Daniel. So uh, you may notice, listeners, that uh, Daniel does not, is not on his main microphone right now. He's he's uh, reporting live from the field right now, and I, I'm I'm calling his phone right now. Yeah, uh, I'm uh, I'm reporting live. Uh, I'm on site in uh, suburban Maryland. And uh, this week, uh, hey, you know what's you know what's special about this this week? There's a couple things that are special about it. Number one, uh, this episode is coming out on November 22, and November 22 is uh, the uh, one year anniversary of uh, Fits and Starts. It's also That's my nephew's birthday. So for the uh, for episode uh, number twenty four, which is on uh, November twenty two, we wanted to have a good old friend of ours, Michael Johnson, who Michael Johnson I have been friends with for I think what fourteen years now, and yeah, and and the way it's going, it's looking like you'll probably keep being friends with him forever. Probably be, keep friends with being friends with him forever because a uh, fun fact about Michael Johnson is that he married my sister, and so now. If, you know, it's weird at first, but then you just get to kind of have your uh, brother-in-law, or you get to have your best friend around at uh, family events and things like that, which is pretty fun. And you guys also make music together. Michael is up in New York. He's an actor and a vlogger and a lot of other things. He uh, lives a very funny, uh, crazy life up there that you can watch on his vlog. With uh, lots of side hustles. So we talked to Michael about... Having a lot of side hustles. Daniel talks uh, about trying to unify your life. Uh, and then we talk about calendars and uh, a few other things. I'm glad you remember what we talked about. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then at the end, because uh, Michael and I make music together, instead of doing a little demo, I'm going to throw one of our uh, actually released Twice Adapted songs on there because I think that'd be kind of fun. You can, nice. hear what, you can hear what our music sounds like when it's actually finished and not in demo form anymore. That's very exciting. Uh, Daniel, what will people find on the uh, on the Patreon bonus content this week? Um, on the Patreon bonus content, uh, what it, what is it? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we uh, the bonus content this week, we try to come up with a novel way to release music. Daniel has a very good idea. Uh, oh, whether or not, right. This whether is really not, cool. Whether or not we actually do it, who knows? But uh, it is up there. Yeah, no, I, I uh, reinvented the music industry for them. Yeah, thank you so very much for that, that. That was nice of me. Uh, uh, other than that, we also want to shout out a friend of the show. Uh, one of the friends of the show, Taylor Winder, uh, makes some really, really cool stuff on Etsy. She, uh, makes these paper cutouts that are like little cartoon, almost look like cartoon drawings of real people. So what you can do is you can send her, uh, information about somebody or a family or something like that and pictures, and she will make a hilarious and awesome cartoon cutout. I've bought a couple of these for gifts or just one of these for gifts, uh, and it went over very well. So as Christmas approaches, you should go check out twilly.co, and I will put the link to that in the show notes. Nice. And also a couple shout-outs to Patreon people. We uh, So we got Grant Grant coming in. Uh, Thank you, Grant. As a, as a what? As a duck? As a mensch. As a mensch. Uh, Grant is a mensch. We got uh, Jake upgrading from duck to monolith. and Ooh, uh, we, had, we had one more. Who else? And then we have a friend of the show, Aaron, coming in as a duck. Aaron Five buck duck. duck. That's very exciting. So very exciting for all of us. Uh, thank you for, uh, you know, fueling our ingots business.
Michael, are you uh, recording on your fancy mic? No, um, and I'm recording on a fancy mic that I have, but not the fancy mic that we have. Oh, nice. Well, you got yeah. a second fancy mic. I got a second fancy mic because I was commissioned to start making some films for uh, one of my side hustles. Mm, many a hustle. Michael, g- give us your hustle count here. Okay, my hustle count, let's start uh, where I am right now, which is the supply closet of a public school in Brooklyn. Ooh. Tell, tell me more. What kind of hijinks have you gotten yourself into? <laughs> well, I, uh, you know how I said that I was completely free today? Uh-huh. I, I actually had yes. a side hustle in, the, uh, pu- in a public school location that is the furthest away from all other locations. Uh-huh. So it was kind of like a, you know, we either reschedule for two hours from now, or or I just do it in a supply closet. You know, uh, Queens to Brooklyn, it feels like one of those things that should be an easy commute, but it's always a, a little bit more complicated than you expect. Yeah, you actually have to go into Manhattan to get to the other. That is the definition of a jam up. Oh, it's a jam job, and uh, we've also adopted the term scrambled eggs. <laughs> 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 So, okay, so, so, so yes. Michael, this yeah. is great. I want to I keep talking about your side hustles here because you, uh, you and Julie have what I sort of have in my mind as like this very like bohemian, quintessentially millennial, like big city experience where you mm-hmm. got a big, a, a big list of side hustles that kind of come and go, some of which are related to your passions in life and some of which are just ways to get cash. But y- you guys have kind of chosen... Cash to, can be a passion. Cash, cash can <laughs> be a passion. <laughs> uh, but, but it's fascinating to watch. And whenever I go up there and visit you guys, you get this crazy life schedule where you're, you're doing five different jobs in one week. Yes. Let me get to the one of the points that you just made, which is some of them, um, you know, seem to align with my passions, and then others seem to be uh, just random ways to get some side cash. And I'm actually running into a problem right now where I, I, I care too much. I'm starting to care about my side grinds. So this this teaching gig that I have right now, I come in for an hour and a half, and I I shape and mold some young minds um, in in the fields of theater and yoga and what's my other one? Theater, yoga, and improv. Um, and, and I start to care about the kids and their well-being. And then I think about how many of these kids actually are interested in theater enough to actually be impacted by my words. So now I have to choose all of this carefully, and I actually have to like come with a set energy and a set intention with these kids. And I know that, that that may sound very simple and obvious, but it's easy to go on autopilot. So another side hustle I have is this landscaping gardening company where we go into uh, these penthouses and we're in the, like, we're on the side of Central Park. You can see the entire Central Park West stretching up to like Harlem. You can see all of it. But like, I'm starting to care about the aesthetic of the garden. I hope mm-hmm. that the client's happy with my boss and I hope my boss is happy with me. And then she watches my vlog and asks me to do videos for her. And so it's becoming a passion now and it's, it's getting all messy. It's all messy. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be nice if we could just take all of the things in our lives and keep them neatly separated so that we didn't have to you know, be one unified human being. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
Daniel, you, you, you've been talking a lot about this lately, about trying to unify the different parts of your life. It, it seems like it's a, uh, something hmm. that's on your mind right now. Well, yeah, I, I would say it's like uh, my transition of the decade. Okay. <laughs> I would say in 2009, uh, I would say I was not a super unified human being. I had a lot of like compartmentalization going on in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and the goal is that by 2019, I have less of that. Talk about, talk about what uh, unification looks like for you. I don't know. It's like, okay, so everything from like uh, cognitive dissonance, right? Like having like uh, oppositional beliefs that don't meld together and like uh, consciously or unconsciously separating those in your brain, right? But then also like you can have that same type of thing with with sort of goals and ambitions and uh, direction, right? Where like you can have these two goals that seem unrelated, but in reality, like I'm working towards one of them, which is actually working against another goal. And, like, if I look at them each sort of separately, it's like, oh, look, I'm making progress on A and I'm making progress on B. But, like, if you're able to pull back a little bit, like, you realize that, like, everything I'm putting into B, like, while it makes progress on B, like, doesn't necessarily make progress on A or sometimes even pushes back on A. But, like, it's hard to really know, like, when am I working out of, like, a sense of self and when am I working out of, like sort of just like a mess of programs that are running in my head and sometimes fighting each other and sometimes working together seemingly by accident. Hmm. You want to more to be a little bit more like uh the like like destiny where you, you you go through a number of different activities but they're all in service of uh just growing Light your power level. level. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, life does seem like you're being thrown into a new open world game without like any of the controls you know it does kind of seem like that a lot where i'm like in this situation where i could do this side mission that might help the main campaign but i don't really know how to reload or i don't know how to fire (laughs) yeah yeah quite literally with fortnite right now yeah and like there's all of these different currencies yeah i can i can relate to this also not just in terms of the goals but also in terms of like uh how how i present myself i think about that a lot mm-hmm. i i've been realizing uh the when you start compartmentalizing the instinct that you have to start having kind of different versions of yourself where you have a version of yourself that you have in front of your bosses and maybe have uh, another version of yourself that you have in front of your you know friends and another version of yourself that you have when you're uh playing video games online i i, I started sensing myself doing that a lot in the last few years mm. and i really don't like that I, I, one of my goals that seems it's actually kind of similar to yours is, is to like, there needs to be one version of me that everyone gets. The, the place where this project started, right. Was like in that maintenance of, of appearances. Right. And it, it gets kind of tiring and exhausting to maintain, uh, a different set of, uh, of ways that you present yourself. Right. And so, like, my ideal was, like, well, what if I didn't have to worry about the way I presented myself and I just was something and then that sort of just happened and people could observe it or not, right? Um, hmm. And that's sort of the dream. But, like, there is such a thing as, like, professionalism. And there, it exists for a reason. It's, like, it's a, almost like a utilitarian, like, the least harm to the least people is, like, if we just all abide by this thing called professionalism, yeah, we might lose a little bit of our personalities in the wash, but the chances of anyone having a terrible experience at work are much, much lower, right? Yeah. And it's sort of like a base level courtesy to do to other people where it's like, listen, I'm going to like abide by this set of things 
just you know just in case you know in case something goes down like at least we have this thing which we know reduces harm like a good amount it's like the whole uh, it's not it's not best for anyone but it's best for everyone and you know what i think mm-hmm. is best I, you know what i think is best for everyone is if we all do a lot less thinking like daniel i i hear you because i've been thinking a lot of the same thoughts about about that about like how am i how am I portraying myself? How are people perceiving me? You know, what what do people see when they look at me? Or what do people see of this product that, that I want to release? Or, you know. But I think if we just forget about thinking and just do, if we just do more, like shift our energy from thoughts of what is professionalism? How can I be professional in this scenario? It's It's more of a matter, I'm finding success in, finding the things that I'm curious in and then and then throwing myself into that and and it's almost like the more I drown myself in work and very practical things to do the the more I can actually breathe as myself and I don't have to worry about professionalism because if I'm doing the tasks in front of me that is my professionalism you know that is it yeah no, I get that. And I think sort of for the first little, you know, segment of my quote unquote career, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I think I had like a very like antagonistic relationship with the idea of sort of professionalism and like, you know, corporate speak and all of that, right? And I think I still do think a lot of that is kind of dumb. But the way that manifested itself was basically with me deciding I'm just going to do whatever I'm going to do. Um <laughs> And, you know, I'm going to stop thinking and, you know, just start living, you know? Right. And uh, I think, you know, I mean, that did, like, get me a career, you know? But I don't think I was, like, a particularly enjoyable coworker or, like, employee during those times, right? Sure. And so, like, I think you might be a little bit more of a naturally, like, empathetic and caring person than I am. (laughs) Because when I stop thinking and start feeling, all I... All that happens is that, like, I do what's best for me and not what's best for other people. Yes. Right? And, like, I'm, like, inherently a selfish person. (laughs) And so, like, you know, that sort of, like, stop thinking, start feeling thing leads to me, like, you know, sometimes, like, you know, creating uncomfortable situations for other people. Like, you know, taking, you know, all the air out of the room by, like, dominating a conversation or, you know, all things like that. Right. Well, I guess that's what I'm trying to get at is that I, I feel like I find myself, um, questioning my own choices and behaviors when I am performing to other people's expectations. And I think that you can throw that away and, and still pursue whatever it is that you're trying to pursue with, with a more selfless, you know, a more selfless approach. I, hey, I'm, I'm already. I've been. I've been recording. I'm four and a half minutes in. <laughs> oh, you're four and a half minutes in. What were you recording before the call, Michael? Are you recording? I'm recording. Should we all clap at the same time? Oh, should we do a like a one, two, three? We'll do a clap, Rooney. All right, here we go. Right, I'll do the count because I, I got a. I got a method. Is it on three or after? Three? Yeah, see, Daniel, you should break it's, down how the clap works first. Yeah. So I do and a one and a two and a three. One, and two, a three, clap. four. There's no, oh. no, there's, gonna be, there's not gonna be a four. I'm ready. And a one and a two and a three and a clap. Wait, was that it? So I you didn't clap, clap where I said no, I, no, 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 because I didn't, I, clap, I didn't no. clap. I just said the word clap. Oh, was that it? Yep. <laughs>
house? All right. Is Ready? this my house? Yeah. Okay. Are you my wife? What I want. <laughs> <laughs> no more time for my father's life. And a one, and a two, and a three, and a clap. Bingo. Got it. Bingo, bango, bongo. Claps. Thanks, guys. Thank you. You know how we have a band, you and I. Do we call it a band? What do we? What do you? What do you call oh, it? Oh no, I was talking about my band that? with Daniel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I Michael and I's other band. <laughs> I, that was adapted. actually really, actually egotistical of me to assume that you were talking about the music project that we. Hey, but it's okay yeah, because you were a little bit more thoughtful. So John. you guys, yeah, just, you guys are doing. You need what, to do a little less. You need to do a little less. Is there skanking involved? How does it work? What is skanking? It's a ska dance. It's a ska dance. Kind of a running in place kicking thing. Uh, kind of, yeah, huh. it's a little herky jerky. You, you should you should YouTube it. It's it's yeah, uh, it. just horrible to watch. Um, yeah, so but fun to do. I don't call it a band, John. I I, I don't call it a band. I say that I do music with my brother in law. Yeah, that's kind of what I say. I'm like I, I I'm part of a music project, and they're like, "What instrument do you play?" I'm like, "Ableton Live software." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just they're like to- so. Are you per- are you proficient at any instrument? I'm like oh no 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 Mm-mm, no I'm not no no I know how to build a chord uh-huh. though. Oh, so do you sing? No thanks. No, 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 no. I just point to my throat, and they and they ask me oh so you don't you don't play an instrument? And I give them the like nah no 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 that's my buddy no 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 one in our band plays an instrument. Do you do like the wide closed mouth shaking of the head yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) where one one of the corners of your mouth is closer to your ear than the other you know a little crooked smile yeah a crooked smile so twice adapted um that's our that's our band that's our music collective Mm. and uh we make music mobily and we send tracks back and forth to each other we used to do it all the way across the world when you were living in Indonesia. But now we're doing yeah. it across the country. And um, what will happen is you'll send me a track and I'll, I'll vibe with it or I won't. And if I do, we put it into the folder Michael's working on it or whatever the folder's called. I'll pull it mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. in a fit of inspiration, in a fit of passion, I will record some vocals. And, and that's why we end up using tracks that have been sitting in these folders for like two years before I actually send you something is because I actually wait for that inspiration to hit. I wait for Mm -hmm. the circumstances of my life to line up with the inherent message or story that I think your track is trying to communicate to me. And Mm. so once I get that down, it may be my first take or a rough take, but I find myself listening to it, being happy with it. And then when it comes time to do final recording of my vocals, I fall into the trap of aiming for the effect of that first take. Yeah. I I miss the mark because of that. When I say, don't think, do, it's almost like me saying, don't sit on these vocals and months later try to re-record a polished version of it and present the best thing possible. I think you actually touched on this with your episode with Merlin Mann, right? It's like not not aiming to release something that you think is worthy of it and it's absolutely perfect and ready to go out. Instead, just just release it and 
then you'll learn something by doing it. And so yeah. I think that I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to do I'm trying to fill my life with so much stuff right now that I don't have time to think and I end up thinking a lot more than I would if I tried to think about it. In you, in your mind is it, is that in service of getting to something else or is that uh bit of learning that you pick up from releasing something the end in and of itself i think it depends on what it is we're talking about because with twice adapted when i when i send you something with twice adapted i am happy to print and release the first take but if you have inspiration and you and you bring something to my attention then then it's not only about learning whether or not this type of melody works with our music, but it's it's learning something about collaboration. Or like with the vlog, um, yeah, dude, I get this question all the time. People come up to me and they're super excited about the vlog and they're like, hey man, so like what's, what's the end goal? Like what are you aiming for? What do you want out of this? And I kind of look at them with that half crooked smile and I'm like, and i'm like hey you know right now right now my goal is to meet this self-imposed deadline and that is the end goal in and of itself and when i say that to people they're kind of like confused because they think that there should be something you know more they they think that like i should have some other motive other than to just see if I can rise to the challenge of releasing a video every week. And, and, and that's honestly, I just wanted to learn if I could do it. And because they're, they're looking for like, if I increase my subscriber rate by 10% each month, then maybe I'll be eligible for my way to Hollywood monetization, you know, like, yeah, Yeah. if I get 10,000 views, then I can apply for monetization. And once I'm monetized, I can like, I don't, that'd be nice, but I'm really just doing it because I'm excited about the idea. And, and because I followed that excitement and that curiosity and started drowning myself in that work, I learned that I can like edit videos. I can string videos together. I started the vlog because I was in this state of just sitting at home on my couch and thinking. At that point in my life, I had all of these gigs that were, that were keeping me afloat in the city but but I had no motivation other than like I have to eat or I have to pay rent. But but my days went from went from just like thinking about what it is that I want to do to just going out there and doing something. And through that, I found other passions. So that like kind of ties into the whole like unification of self project of the 2010s, right? Which is like there's all of these things to do. Right. And it's like, I'm doing this and I'm doing this and I'm doing this, you know, side hustle, side hustle, side hustle, no main hustle. And it's like, I think a big part of that is like, I think there's like a big thing that happens in your 20s where like you, and I think it's moving later too, as like people's uh, sort of careers and settling down moves later in their life. But like, I think there's like the search for identity. And I think it's being particularly prolonged in our generation right now. Like mm-hmm. we spend longer searching for identity than our parents did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think like, there's something there where it's like, okay, like what, how am I going to tie all of this together? You know? And like, my life is not as like disparate as yours, right? It's like 
primarily like I have a day job and I do it. Right? right. But I also like I have like a lot of other things like all going on. You know, it's like I'm getting married and I've got this podcast and I've got the other podcast and like I want to, you know, eventually generate my own income and like how am I going to do that? And like all, all of these things like are all tied together. And like it almost feels like at any given time, like I could make one of them the main thing to the detriment of the others. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what I'm looking for and what I want is a uh, some sort of a way to tie all of these things together in a way that makes them feel like they're part of a holistic like push in a single direction, right? Right. And like it f- makes it feel like no energy is being wasted, mm-hmm. right? And no energy is like working against the central goal. Mm-hmm. And so, like, yeah. it sounds like what you're saying is like, hey, by creating this vlog, like, I take all these side hustles that like maybe would have felt like a you know. Hey, like I do this for money so that I can afford rent, you know? Right. And you turn that into like in addition to affording rent with this money, like I'm also turning this into like part of like this larger narrative, narrative that yep. I can now tell a story about. Exactly. Yes. Yes, that's my end goal. For all of you who want to ask me what my end goal with the vlog is, it's that. Exactly. The, here's a question, right? Do you think this story is mostly to tell to yourself or to tell to other people? Uh, it's become, it's become a story to tell to other people. At first it was a story to tell to myself. Um, yeah, I feel you totally. I wanted to collect information. I wanted to collect data of like what my life actually is so that maybe I could view it as an outsider. Cause when you're in the editing room, mm-hmm. these, all these isolated clips they're they actually are like. They're very specific moments in time, but when you're in the editing room and nothing is strung together, there's no music, there, there are no transitions, there's literally, you have a blank project, these isolated clips do feel detached. So I could just watch them without bias or perspective. As an actor, it, it's always been very difficult for me to look back on footage of myself or a, a footage of a, you know, a stage performance or, or, or a filming project i hate doing it it's so cringy i like start sweating immediately and grind my teeth down (laughs) so all that to say yeah i i was telling it to myself i was telling that story to myself and it made me want to tell it to others to the point where i would send out i sent out that first edit of uh my my pilot vlog and i sent it out to a couple of friends that i trusted and they were like man this actually looks really good I want to see more of what you're actually doing because not only do I want to know how you're making it in New York City, but I'm actually interested once you tell me. And hearing, hearing that my peers were interested in my life kind of allowed me to see like, the merit in these seemingly like, trivial tasks that I do every day. I like the way you say that. You guys hear how my dog is just like shaking her, shaking her. Is that the collar? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want me to say it again? It's a good one. Do you, do you, say you it again. Double down. Yeah. yeah double a little down. more enunciation. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's where thinking gets you. Anyway, keep mm. going, Daniel. <laughs> Stinking thinking. <laughs> you got your you got your passions and you got your cash ins. Daniel, when do you need to run? Probably in like 10, 15 minutes. Okay, we got we got uh, I think we got time to, to, to hammer another one out. You guys wanna do another uh, bit, yeah. What?
Hammer another one out? Yeah, what you, what you got going on? Hammer another one out. You got out. anything cool? Are you talking to me? Yeah, another, another conversation. Another bit. Oh, word. One of the things you said really stood out to me, which was sort of documenting all these pieces of your life and then revisiting them later to have uh, an increased sense of objectivity yes. about those things. Uh, I really, I've been thinking about that concept a lot lately, and I, I had written it down in my notes as this idea of sort of like uh, decoupling things from how you feel about those things. <laughs> um, it's really, really helpful to, 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 I've just found that in sort of like journaling and taking notes and then revisiting them that so often I will have some kind of uh really strong emotional reaction to something and start writing things down or kind of journaling things that are really like shockingly irrational and uh, going through that practice, like you said, of just sort of documenting, Mm -hmm. taking a step back, taking a deep breath, waiting for the emotions to subside and then looking back at it. It's really, uh, that's been a really sort of like revelatory experience for me. Yeah. It's it's almost like creating your own audience to be held accountable to. Yeah, because especially on the camera, if you if you are if there's any false falsity or falsehood in in what you're doing or trying to communicate, like you can't edit that out. You you can't hide that. You know, it's it it gets me out of my head, while at the same time, like making me a lot more aware of what's actually in my head. I don't really know how to explain that. Yeah, no, I I totally get it. John, can we talk for a second about your uh, Daniel and John argument? retrospective spreadsheet <laughs> what oh i didn't even think about it. i didn't even think is about this how a document that exists oh, oh yeah oh, oh yeah <laughs> um because here's the thing here's the thing i actually I don't, do... I don't think i i don't think i have a whole lot to say about this you can you can take this away <laughs> yeah well here's the point i do actually the same thing i just don't do it in a spreadsheet and i think it always makes things funnier when they're in a spreadsheet um <laughs> But uh, I did. I think I did like kind of a SWOT analysis. This you did, yeah. So John and I like off camera, and like we're not going to go into the whole discussion. Oh, right this here. is perfect. Now we're really talking about the show on the show. Yeah, yeah. So here's here's you want to see how the sausage is made. Here's how it's made. John and I off camera had like a relatively like emotional conversation about like uh, what do we want to do with the show going forward, and like blah blah blah, blah. and like I had an opinion and he had an opinion. And neither of them was that we should, like, uh, stop doing a podcast, just in case you were worried. Great. Don't worry. We're sticking around. <laughs> Good. So, anyway. So, John and I have this, like, phone call, and, like, uh, you know, it was relatively emotional, and, like, I had to go in the middle of it, I feel like, before we had really resolved it. Um, so, anyway, like, I, like, am in this meeting after John and I have talked on the phone, and then John texts me, and he's like, all right, I made a spreadsheet of all of my feelings about this issue. And, like... <laughs> And it was actually a very good spreadsheet. Like, thank you. And like, oh, at, at the end, I was like, "Yeah, and no, that I is kinda, my job." Yeah, at the end, I was like, "Yeah, I kind of thought that was how you felt, but like, <laughs> it's nice to have it in columns and rows." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah like well, I, I do similar things. Like, I write down like, "Man, I'm, I'm mad at this person right now. Like, why am I mad at this person? Like, what did they do to me? Like, what?" what parts of my ego are being affected by that? Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And like, I, I write all that stuff down and like, that's one of the ways I like deal with other human beings is like by trying, like I'm not in inherently emotionally mature like some people are. So I don't just like naturally notice things. I have to like write them down and check them out. 
What's you know? with those people who are nat- naturally emotionally mature? What's with those people? I don't know. They're incredibly well adjusted. I, I think they've probably seen some, you know. Yeah, that's true too. That is so true. I wouldn't say that I keep a journal, Michael. I I grab a scrap of paper and I write on it until I'm oh. relatively okay with understanding what's happening in my head, and then I throw it away. I love and I that. I deal dude. with the situation. I love that. Oh, see, that's interesting. I, I'm like an archiver. I can't stop putting stuff away. But you know, the the the, the most uh, the most simple version of what you're talking about here is is uh, so like I'm a very very competitive person. You guys both know this, mm-hmm. and I really I really don't like losing. I really really don't like losing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I this this is here's here's an example of a 20 uh, i was uh, i guess this was last year so it's fine but uh, i was 26 when i realized this took me 26 years to realize is that when i'm losing at something there's not a real reason for me to be mad at the person who i'm losing to mm-hmm. uh so this was like the this was the first like most basic example of me realizing the value of doing this is i th- i was playing a game um I don't even remember what it was. I was playing like an actual real game, not like a video game with family or something. And I lost and I got mad at the person that I lost to. I got genuinely mad. And I was sitting there and I realized it's like the person who beat me did nothing wrong. They did exactly what they were supposed to do and they weren't being snide about it. They just beat me. And I had such strong feelings about the experience of losing and feeling like a loser that I was uh, choosing to begrudge the person who did nothing wrong uh by causing me to lose that's like the that's the most basic example it gets more complex from there but that's exactly the kind of stuff that i'm talking about and it's usually revolves around me being frustrated with somebody else and it you know 90 percent of the time ends up that when i you know if i can take a deep breath and step away from it i'm actually not mad at the person i'm mad at something else i i do this like literally with columns too i don't do rows but i do columns but like one of the <laughs> things i found and this is something someone told me is like you you keep writing in so the second the second column or sorry the first column is like who are you mad at um and basically someone told me like keep writing until that becomes a lie um interesting and so i keep writing and usually what i found is that like my you know if i'm mad at someone i'm i'm usually either actually mad at myself or mad at the way things work yeah um, or like the nature of things, right? And yeah. uh, I learned a long time ago that like being mad at the nature of things doesn't change them. Mm-hmm. Um, and you go uh, back to the uh, serenity prayer. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, that's like that's a whole thing, right? It's like I I'm working on like figuring out how to deal with the fact that like when I'm mad at someone else, I'm actually mad at myself often. And yeah. like, what do I do with that? Like, cause I don't, I'm not interested in becoming the type of person who just punishes myself when I'm mad at other people. Right. Um, but usually that there's an indication that like sometimes I need to grow or something. I, I don't use calendars. Like it's just not something that makes sense in my head. I, I don't know. How? How? Well, I, I have a commitment and I either remember it or I don't. And I learn from not, boy, this is uh, I learned from not we're, remembering. We're, we're, we're tapping into some deeply, some deeply rooted, uh, uh, conflicts between Michael Johnson and the Drexler family. Here we go. Ooh. Yeah. This is why I'm so dark on the WhatsApp on the family. WhatsApp is because, <laughs> uh, you guys are talking too many dates and numbers and I just, my brain turns off. We think in spreadsheets. You do think in spreadsheets and I think in like Jackson Pollock paintings. seriously um and so i don't you know i don't use a calendar um 
Uh, if I do use a calendar, it's to see what time Julie gets home. So I'll, uh, I'll run into days like today where I'm not only working when I thought I wasn't, but I'm teaching someone else's class. They've already set the tone for their classroom. They've set the rules. If, if there's something in the way, or if someone doesn't show up, or if there's a kid that's not listening, like you just have to adapt. So, hmm. I, oh. so like I'm fighting like a strong urge to argue with you about everything. <laughs> Good. I thought that that's what, I thought that's how this would go. Honestly, I was like, John's gonna be the oh. quiet one, going, mm, mm, I heard this like twelve years ago, and Daniel's gonna be the one who's like, "Hey, bro, what are you talking about?" <laughs> Seriously, though, what are you talking about? Like, how is that possible? You could uh, oversleep. You could blow off an appointment. You could totally forget that someone exists. I guess this uh, is why I know. chose this field is because like I like those moments. I remember, I think it was like on a Joe Rogan podcast, honestly, he had a guest on there that was trying to explain the idea that when you run into the unexpected, you're actually having an isolated confrontation with God. And I don't want to get into the, a spiritual talk right now, but there is something very intriguing about that idea because the, t the things that I've been the most proud of in my life the classrooms, the gardens, the performances, dude. All of those, the times that I feel like I'm actually shining are when things are completely out of my control. So for... But what about the other people, right? Like, that's the thing that gets to me. It's like, there's other people involved, right? So like, what if someone else wasn't ready for an isolated experience with God, but like you gave it to them because you forgot? <laughs> it's... <laughs> Is anyone ready for an isolated experience with God? <laughs> you know what I mean? Fair point.
I see a lot of wasted chances Looking back I see a lot of wasted time Looking up I see a lot of empty mansions Lose my focus When I start looking side to side Looking back I see a lot of